everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. We have a very fabulous guest, a uh, <laughs> stranger to uh, this group, the lovely Susan Thompson. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Hello, hello. How Thank you? you for having me again. <laughs> That's all right. <clears throat> have you changed your surname? Because I'm sure it was Watson and then I saw you. It was Watson, you. but so my married name is Thompson and I'm no longer married, but it's a pain in the ass to change your name. And I was just like, Do you know what? I'm just going to stick to Thompson because I'm not changing. It costs a bloody fortune as well. <laughs> like, nah, I'll just stay with Thompson for just now because it just anything for an easy life. I didn't know if you'd got married or done something because I said, oh, no, was divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So Thompson is my married name. And Watson's my maiden name. So I think last year when I changed it to Watson, it was when I was still in my angry phase. So, uh, but now everything's cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm back to what? I'll just go back to Thompson. It's far easier than changing passports and all that. Well, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Right. Now that I've put my foot in it, we'll move on. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're fine. What I gonna- often talk about what happened to my to me last year about like my story about my divorce and everything. So it's not it's 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 quite common knowledge. Well, if anyone wants to know more, uh, Susan, put touch. the link. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So, guys, what we're going to uh, chat about today is a subject that I'm quite interested in called money mindset. Um, I've had a few people say, "What on earth is money mindset?" So we'll come to that. But it's um, it's definitely something that I've realized has impacted me. And I think that's, I'm doing a financial coaching course and it's part of it is learning about your own mindset around money and, and how you think about money. So it's stuff that's popped up, but it's made me realize a few things. But before we sort of go into that, I guess the first question I'm going to ask you, and I think what Susie put in the group earlier is what is money mindset? Just in case people are like, what on earth are we talking about? It is your relationship to money. It's what who you what you think about money. So, like uh, before I started all of this work, I had a money mindset that it was very much I lived in lack. I lived in you know oh gosh like at the supermarket. Um, I would go to look at the and I still love doing this, but how I feel about it is very different. But I love looking at the reduced items. I love it. It's just I get a buzz from it. But I would do that before with a completely different mindset. So I would go to look at the 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 the, the whoop style or whatever you call it, you know, the reduced the reduced section. And I would be like, oh great, that's a bargain. Because I was always like anything, you know, it's to be cheap, it's you know to be affordable so money mindset is your relationship to money do you think of it as um, a friend is it something like I would like a lot of us will hoard money and we save money but yeah (laughs) by doing that you're at it's it's like you wouldn't hoard your friend (laughs) I've got a few locked in the (laughs) (laughs) we let them out on a Saturday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't so, so you wouldn't like you wouldn't like 
keep somebody captive we know that's wrong but that's what we do with money but money is an energy like everything else everything is energy and and you can go into youtube and look at something called the carlean camera which was it's a camera and it will show energy like vibrations your feelings leaving your body and leaving things like you know this phone is energy it's all moving everything's vibrating including money so the relationship that you have with money, if you think money is oh, like a bill comes in and you go, oh, flipping heck, here's another bill. I, why do I always keep getting bills? Why is this happening? Then that's what you're attracting. And, you know, you're paying the bill and going, you know, like, for example, I had a tax bill in earlier this year. I mean, I knew it, I knew it was coming. I didn't know, I knew roughly how much it was going to be. But when it came in, my reaction before I adjusted my money mindset was, you know, bloody tax man, you know, you earn all this money and they take it off you and I don't even like what they spend it on. And I would give it, but I would give it grudgingly and I would give it, you know, like with a bad feeling. Where when that tax bill came in, I thought, Okay, money's my friend, money is energy, and it's a law of compensation. Whatever you give, it comes back. So there are people out there who will actually, they will have like 20, 30, 40, 50 grand plus, and they will just, every month, they will just spend it, and it will always come back to you plus more. So when that tax bill came in, and it was about eight grand, and I, you know, my normal reaction is holy sugar, but I didn't. I was like, I'm going to pay that. I'm going to pay that with joy, and think about what good did I get from that. What, what, you know, I was grateful because it meant that I'd earned so much money that year that I had to pay that bill. It also meant I felt that I was contributing, so I was contributing to society. So I paid that bill with gratitude. And because I paid that bill, I got double that back about a month later. You see, like we hoard money because we're living in lack. We're living in a place where when you get money, you're like, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it just in case I'm keeping it for a rainy day. But then if you think like that about money, that's what you're going to get. Because the same with everything, your thoughts become things. So if you think about money and think, holy moly, I've got, you know, I've like, you've maybe got money from selling the house or you've got, you know, you've got a bonus from work and you're, I used to always be, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to hoard it and I'm just going to keep it there. But money isn't like that. It's just, you know, we need to treat it like it's our friend. We need to try and think of it. Like there's, there is an abundance of money. There's billions and billions and billions of money. There's money there. But here's the thing is most of us will have a self, we'll have a self image but that we will have a cap on how much money we think we can earn. Now, you won't know that you've got this cap as such, but you will always have a level, a limit on how much you think you can earn. And a good example of this is um, Donald Trump, love him or hate him, when he lost all his money, he got it all back very quickly because his baseline was, I have so many million. And even though he, he went below his baseline, he brought it all by the way back up. It's like people who win the lottery. So say they're on, a, you know, an average wage, and I'm not sure what the average wage is now, but let's just say it's thirty thousand pounds per year. And then somebody wins the lottery and they've got ten million, and you read about how they've lost it all. That's because they're not used. They've not 
bridge that gap from being that, having that self-image of having 30 grand to having three or four or five, 10 million. So their, their self-image will, and this all happens subconsciously. I mean, people don't consciously go out and, you know, get rid of all their money. But when you come into some sort of money, you need to start bridging, you need to start bridging that gap from where you think you are at the moment um, to, 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 to where you think, you know, to, to, to what you've got. But that was, that's, that's how when people lose a lot of money, they always get it back because that's, that is their baseline and they will not accept any, any less, or of course it works the other way. But so money mindset is, it is about, yeah, back to that. It is about how you feel about money. And if you feel that there's abundance, an abundance of money, or if you're looking at it as lack, and the majority of us do come from a lack mentality and it's come from our parents and our guardians, our caregivers from when we were growing up. And then it's come, but it's a generational thing because they got the same from their parents and then blah, blah, blah. So we, like, I was brought up in a family where, you know, I, I didn't want for much. You know, I wasn't spoiled, but I didn't want for much. But my parents would always say, do you think money grows on trees? And, you know, you just, yeah. and that's, you know, and it's like that, or you're not having that, that's far too expensive. And we've already spent this much money. So a lot of our beliefs about money have been inherited. A lot of our beliefs about what we should do with money, like saving it or hoarding it, has come from our parents. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, so it doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean that, that yeah, but money actually does grow on trees, doesn't it? Like, you know, and, you know, it's paper and, and all that good stuff. But how we, when we start looking at, if you were to treat your friend the way that you treat money, you wouldn't have many friends. Like, we hoard money. We give it away grudgingly. And it's like, you know, and then we're always looking, you know, to say, well, and then we're always saying we want more and we give money such power about who we are and what we do and what we spend. You know, you, you give it all this power, like, um, you know, people will say, oh, I'm, I can't, or I can't afford that. And you're like, I know, but do you want it? Like, you know, like a pair of shoes, you know, I would often say I can't afford them. It's like, it should be a case of, well, we, we let money dictate how we live our lives. We are actually who said that's right you know there's always more money to be earned there's always more money that to be made but we need to change our energy we need to change our frequency and that comes from your mindset yeah my I think why I hoard money uh, or I have done in the past is again from my parents not so much my dad but my mum was always like when he doesn't go on trees don't spend it all at once you know yeah. you, need to, you need to save you need to save you need to save so consequently as growing up I just hoarded everything yeah. and then when I would spend something I'd feel massively guilty and yeah. then I obviously recognize that now so I'm trying to change that but even a business I'd be like ooh, you know when I when I paid for that financial coaching course I was like, I deliberate, deliberated on it for weeks. I was like, oh, it's five grand. And I was like, oh, I can't spend five grand on a course. And I thought, well, of course you can. Like, and then I, I realized at that point, I was like, why am I not? So I was just like, oh, yeah. sod it, just do it. Yeah. But I, it does, it, that is instilled on me from my yeah. mum, who's still like that today. Yeah, and even, yeah, she even said to me the other day, oh, uh, I've just booked a around the world trip on a boat or something. Um, and she was like, oh, I felt really bad. 
And even now she's like 64. That's the first time she's actually ever spent any of her money in 64 years. And I'm like, you need to go and enjoy yourself. Why not? So I I definitely do think that it's from parents, teachers, who you grew up with, have a massive impact. Yeah, because how else would we know about money? How else would we be like that about money? And then if you look at people like Donald Trump and Richard Branson and Elon Musk, they don't think the same way as us and they've got billions, you know, so they don't think that way. But the majority of us have have grown up in the same sort of environment, like 95 percent of us will think like this about money. Um, and it wasn't until it was a few years ago, I started reading a lot more about um, from Robert Kawasaki, who, who his famous book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That taught me so much. But it's the complete opposite. The complete opposite. Like he would say, you don't save money, you invest it. Mm. So every money, like you should have zero in your bank account because you're spending it on yourself. You're paying your debts plus you're investing rest because then that will come back because, you know, you're obviously if you're investing it, you should be getting a return on that. Um, but it's about it's about our perception as well, because people will often say, oh, I don't want debt. Where again, I'm like, but where does that come from? That like our perception of debt is debt is bad. Yeah, it's not necessarily. It? No. Yeah. Your house mortgage is debt. It's not bad. Debt, yeah, yeah. But people will say, "Oh, that's my house," but you're not. Well, it's not. It's not your house. It's still. It's the bank's house. You know, because it's 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 their house. It's not your house. But I don't believe debt is bad. And as I say, there's people out there. There's rich people out there who use debt every single day and they use lots of it but they've probably got more than you or I you know these are like Richard Branson and all these people they all use debt they just see debt very differently and I guess it's dependent on what the debt is for and if there's there's a way that I that um there's a book called The Having um and that will say you know it's it's a green or a red and if you take debt out and it's you know you're feeling okay you feel it's affordable you feel you can do it and you know it's not going to it's not going to scare you then it's it's green so that you know go but if you're thinking not sure about this I don't know if this is right don't know if this is wrong then it's red and you just don't you know you don't go near it but I've taken quite large sums of debt out but I've I've invested it and I've been getting more more back so I've got properties that I, I, I rent out and I got myself into quite a lot of debt to buy two. But now that debt is completely and utterly clear and I'm making money every month, plus there's money in the flat. So that's like, that's good debt, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like the banks as well, the banks want us, it's, it's profitable for the governments um, and banks to keep us poor because then we want to borrow money. So it's it's so profitable. They want to keep us poor. They want to keep scaring us by, you know, like I, I don't listen to the news, but I was hearing today about, you know, the, the people who are on low income and they're all struggling to pay their debts and, and all the rest. And I'm just like, it's such a sad state of affairs, but actually the government will make so much, a lot more money on that. By, by even though they're given money, they're going to make so much money back on that. And if you look at the pandemic, like after the pandemic, it was, there was a huge spike in luxury goods because people had money during the pandemic. So there was a massive, and when I say luxury goods, I'm talking things like 
Louis Vuitton handbags, mm-hmm. um, you know, like designer clothes and shoes and things. There was a huge spike in that during the pandemic because nobody was spending any money. And then, the, the, you know, the government were like, holy moly, we need people to start spending again because we want them to be skinned. So we're going to put these deals out to get people out spending their money again. And before we know it, we were all out eating and drinking, you know, because, we, well, we'd been locked up. Um, but our beliefs about money as well, that's that's going to attract your peer group. So if you look at who you hang around with, you'll realise that they're all roughly earning the same sort of money. You're all earning around about the same money. You don't see somebody earning 20 grand hanging around with millionaires. You know, so it's like if you were to actually like if it was installed in us, instilled in us, installed in us, <laughs> if we were told <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> when we were young that we needed one million pounds to look after our families. That's how much you need to earn to look after your family, to feed the clothes at school, etc. Then one million pounds wouldn't seem a lot of money. But we've all been led to believe that one million pounds is a heck of a lot of money. But to certain people, it won't be a lot of money. No. Do you know? But so again, it's like who you've been around and who you've you like who's influenced you around money. Um and that, you know, so it's, it's like anything, it's a belief that you have around money, but we've all been, majority of us anyway, it's about 95% of us will have been um, encouraged to think money as, I was actually thought that money was quite evil. Do you know, like if you were, if you had a lot of money, my belief was that you were a bit of a con artist and you got it probably from the wrong sources and the wrongdoing and you were quite a bad person. Um, and I was always taught not to want a lot of money because that was greedy. Yeah. So a majority of us have got a very negative attitude towards money and it's all just been because of our beliefs. But if you started to open up and look at other people who have money and like or study money a little bit more, you can easily change your beliefs. Like, you know, like I did. And like you said there just now about paying five grand for that course. I, I when I started working with Bob Proctor, that was 30 grand. And I had no flipping idea. I know. And I, I remember doing it and thinking, what have I just done? Like that was the biggest investment I have ever done, ever, ever, ever. You know, like for me, I haven't spent that amount of money on me ever. Yeah, now if somebody was to say to me, I've got a course, it's going to give you X, Y, and Z, it'll cost you five grand. And I'm like, that cool, where do I pay? You see, yeah. the more that you give money, the more that you'll get back. It's that that is the universal law. And I think the problem is, and I guess part of the reason why I got you on here anyway, was because it does affect people in their business. You know, for example, if someone, a dog walker or a dog groomer has a potential client and the client goes elsewhere, then they get so mad. Or I could have had that. That could have been my £20, my £30, my £40. But actually, if you turn that on its head, there's plenty more people with plenty more money. You don't need to worry about that one person going somewhere else because 10 minutes later, someone else is going to ring you and you may get that person. But again, it's that lack mentality of, well, there's just not enough. That that could be my 20 pounds and now I'm not going to have that 20 pounds. 
Absolutely. And I think as well, it's like when you're living in lack mentality, that's what you're thinking. And remember, whatever you're thinking is what you're is how you're going to feel. And whatever you feel is is what you're going to attract more of. So the more, even though you might see in the bank or, you know, you're like, I've not got that 20 quid. And that is what you see with your eyes, you know, and where you, you, you that's in your reality. You can still take your thoughts to somewhere else and think abundance. There's an abundance of money out there and just keep repeating your, and there's an abundance of clients, you know, so it's changing your thoughts around it because whatever you think comes into your reality. So if you're constantly thinking lack and listen, you can't think lack and be abundant as well. You're either one or the other. So you can, you know, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to go and buy that. Or I'm not sure if I can afford it. You can't be one or the other. So it's changing our mindset around money and just saying, well, that there, there's there's plenty of money to go around. There's lots for all of us. Um, but have, have an abundance on everything, an abundance on clients. There's loads of clients out there. And I think the other thing is like, when I was had my dog grooming business, you know, it was, I mean, we used to always say, well, well, what do you charge? Well, what do you charge? And it was like, you know, it was that like, and then I would, I remember like grooming dogs and thinking, are you joking? Is this all I'm getting? And then actually when you break it down, you were like, you're lucky if you made like two, like 50p profit or something on a dog by the time you took everything off. And I was just like, it's wrong. Like that, that was so wrong to do it so, so cheaply. But if we all, and there was always that fear of putting your prices up that you wouldn't get clients. But if you think that, then that's what will happen. You see, whatever you believe is true, then that's what you'll get. So if you believe that you're worth grooming a cockapoo and it's 60 quid, then if you believe that, that's what you'll get. But if you're going to put your price up to 60 quid and then think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Will I get clients? What if they all say, how bloody much? That is what you'll get. And that works for sure every flipping time every time if you're confident and have the belief whatever you believe is true you see even you know because who says it's not exactly and it's I think you know that's why I wanted you on here to to get people to realize that because I think people's mindset around money does stop them from progressing whether that be they don't think there's enough clients there so should I just close down or I don't want to put my prices up because what happens if I don't get any clients or there's another three dog groomers, another three dog walkers in my area, or I might as well just quit because I'm not going to get anybody. It's about just flipping that on its head and going, actually, you know, the amount of people that got dogs in the UK during lockdown increased by 50%. You know, it's a a crazy amount. It's just an insane amount of dogs there's they're everywhere you know you could have 100 groomers 100 walkers in a 10 mile radius and you'd still each make thousands of pounds a month you know there was so many out there and I think people just need to tap into that and change it because I was the same I never I never really I hate spending money on anything and then when I went to America a few months I bought a bloody 800 pound pair of shoes I was like I felt really naughty I was like And then it's a case of, you know, when you get like nice perfume or nice shoes or a nice watch and you think, oh, I'll only wear it on, on good yeah. occasions. Yeah. Wear it every, I wear them every day now. And everyone's like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing those every day. Like they cost you so much. But well, that's why I bloody bought them. I didn't buy them to sit in a cupboard. No. Because even that, that simple 
thing is being in lack. So therefore money won't flow to you because you're hoarding it. And like the universal law will be like that. All right, okay, you don't want any more because the the universe only thinks, it doesn't understand when when you're keeping it and it's because you want more, because you're scared, you're worried, you've got doubt that you're not going to get any more money. But the universe just says, okay, that's fine. We won't give you any more. But if you actually, you know, are... Um, it's not being carefree, but it's just acting as if there's plenty of money out there. You will fight like I've, I am manifested over 600 quid this week. Just just like that, because I, you know, I just I, I, I was I was in the middle of a challenge actually this week in my group. And we were saying we we're going to manifest 100 pounds. Well, I got 600 And I wasn't even doing the exercises, but just talking about money and talking about, you know, our energy and our our focus around money. I got 600 quid. Mm. So was it you that used the example of, I might not have been, I may have read it somewhere else, about going into a, you know, when you go into like an arcade or whatever and you you put the money and you get those tickets out. Was that you who did that? It was, I'm probably not going to say it right. It was something like... The value that you put on, you know, like a ten pound note or a twenty yeah, note, yeah. is oh my god, I can't, you know, it's yeah. this holy grail. But yeah. you put that into a machine and get those little tickets out, and you go into an arcade, and it means because it's just a ticket, it's got the same value. You're just like yeah. oh willy nilly, I'll just shove it in anywhere. You know, who yeah. gives a crap? No, but know. it, but exchange those. I might have said this completely wrong, and I hope it makes sense. But exchange yeah. that little ticket for a ten pound note. Yeah. That's oh well, I'm yeah. not gonna put that in the machine. Yeah. It's you know, it's yeah. exactly it's the value you put on that tiny bit of paper. Whereas you exchange that for tokens for whatever, yeah. you just yeah, you just exactly. And if you think back to years ago, like back in the Stone Age days, right? They never had money, but they would be they would trade things like you know, they'd say, Well, I'll give you my, my bear skin if you can give me medicine for my family. So it's it's just it's a trade. That's all it is. It's a trade. And you know, at some point will we see crypto overtake cash? Do you know like who's you know all it is is a trade-off for something. You just trade money to get something, but we give it so much power because we're so like I guarantee, and even I probably do this as well, at some point throughout the day, I will be living in lack mentality and not getting more. Because I think we're so ingrained with money. We're so, you see it all the time and everything is all about money. Do you know, it's like we give it so much power. It's it's unbelievable. We're in, in reality... How we're meant to live is just to be in a place of, I I want it and I get it. And I truly believe that's how we're meant to live. But because we have this thing called money and, you know, with the government, the thing is money will never run out because they just print more. So that, you know, if if money, if the the value of money goes up or down, then they they take more out of the, 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 the exchange or they put more in. So we're always being controlled by the government with our money, always being controlled. That's why I tend not to, I don't, I'm like you, I tend not to listen to the news or, no. or whatever. My mum will ring me, she's like, oh, did you see the news today? Did you watch Martin, is it Martin Lewis's money? Oh, uh, I... And I'm just like, no, right? Like, it's depressing for a start. Yeah. And yeah. Th- I do think, and we could be going into more topical stuff, but, and people may disagree, but, I just think they do it to scare you. 
they do it's old everyone's gonna you know die and be hungry and but no one it's not it won't they won't let it happen it's just like you say people will be sat there going do i need to get a loan maybe i need to get a loan for this or maybe i need to go and do this or maybe i need to go and do that and it's just it's a new topic every few months before it was covid now it's monkeypox you know everyone's going to get monkeypox um that, <laughs> do you know what i mean and then what else is it going to be next week so electricity gas then we'll have a shortage of water soon yeah. do you know what i mean and it's i just think if people just didn't watch the news we'd be much happier <laughs> don't listen to them for sure because then it makes that mindset worse in that oh well, i can't do that because i've got yeah i've got my my electricity yeah bill to pay for and or maybe I shouldn't do that or maybe I should shut and it just it influences and impacts you and I think people just need to be like right you know what I've got a business I need to earn some bloody money I'm gonna put my prices up I don't think any other profession worries so much about putting prices up I don't I completely agree with you I don't think anybody does and I, I I haven't fathomed out why that is yet I don't know I, I don't know what I was going to say is there because there's so many of us, but there's the same with hairdressers. There's flipping hundreds of hairdressers. Well, that's what Susie put. She just wrote in the comments, I charged £68 last week for a challenging, matted, overweight cockapoo. They tipped £10. There are so many barbers and hairdressers who don't worry, so why do we dog groomers? Exactly. Exactly. Phenomenal. I think and that, you know, there the, she and she got a tip. You know, so it, it's like I think we assume that people won't won't pay it. We we just assume that. Plus, is that is that the caliber of clients that you're attracting? See, I always thought with dog grooming, if I'm going to charge cheap, then I'm going to get people who want to pay cheap. And was that my ideal client? No, it wasn't. You know, it, that certainly wasn't. So, um, and so I I. I did. I, I was one of the most expensive in my area, but I was also the busiest. So being cheap doesn't mean that you're you're going to be busier. It really yeah. doesn't. It's just it's you know it's what you get, what you give in return, and you will get those clients that will be an absolute oh. nightmare because they only pay in twenty quid. Then you're going to get twenty pound clients. Yeah, you know, exactly. Who are going to you an absolute exactly. headache, and they'll be the ones that will go on social media and be keyboard warriors, yeah. and all they've paid is, is twenty quid, and then you sit there and wonder why you're getting a headache. Mm-hmm. Don't, exactly. Don't take on every single person that walks through the door just because they're a paying client. And yeah. I always say this to mine, and it doesn't matter what job you do, if people stop trying to barter you with price, just tell them to go away. Like obviously yeah. in a polite manner. Yeah. Um, but you know why why should you you wouldn't go into john lewis and be like oh, i want that coat well it's 500 pounds i'll tell you what i'll give you 200 and they're not exactly. going to go yeah okay then they're yeah, going yeah, go yeah. yeah. to go see absolutely absolutely and everything we exchange money for everything absolutely mm. you know everything so again why why would you want to like charge less for it's your services it's you know you're you're giving that valuable service and you know you're, you're not you don't go into pizza hut and just say i don't want to pay 10 pounds for that pizza so i just give you a fiver do you know that you, you don't do can that. I pay you next week <laughs> yeah so I, uh, so i've had that can i pay you and i'm like no you don't go to the supermarket and say oh do you mind if i just you know if i just come back in next week and pay you <laughs> yeah. but it, there's certain things that we think it's okay 
to you know to 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 reduce our fees or ask for a discount. Um, but I, no, I, I don't. I, I, I certainly say no. No, I put my I prices think, up. I also think it's because the the people sort of portray that that's they'll do it. Do you know what I mean? If, yeah. every, if all the customers are going in saying I'll do this, I'll do that, and that, and we're letting them. Yeah. Then they're going to tell their friends, tell their friends, tell their friends, tell their friends. Whereas if a customer came and said, can I do that? And you set the boundaries from day one, I go, no, you pay mm-hmm. this, you pay a deposit, or yeah. you pay on the day of your walk. This is the price. It's non-negotiable, bosh. Then they're not going to come in because they know from day one that they can't come and try and try yeah. and try and try. Because as soon as you do it, that's it. Yeah, lost Exactly. It. They're exactly. going to do the same thing and they'll tell yeah. them and they'll tell them it. So I almost think it's because people allow it to happen yeah. that maybe now people see this profession whether you're a dog walk or dog groomer as oh well we can just go in and ask for a bit less uh because they'll do it or you know and it's because we're letting them whereas you wouldn't do hairdressers yeah. because you know no you just not the that. right etiquette to go and do it i'm gonna go and study i don't know the ritz and blah i'll tell you what i'll just i'll just pay a tenner yeah. I'll see the rest next week. You wouldn't exactly. know you can't do that. Whereas if people go into it thinking, well, oh, they're just a dog room or just dog walker or so yeah. and they and you let them, then of course they're gonna have that mentality, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you need to set the boundaries and say, look, you pay a deposit, this is a this is the amount. If you don't pay it, go to the shit groomer down the bottom because Absolutely. I am interested. Absolutely. And they'll probably be a bit more like, oh. And because you're telling them to go away, they'll get FOMO and they won't want to go away. So they'll pay the money. Anyway. Exactly, yeah, that is exactly it. Because then, and then you see when you're setting a boundary, uh, uh, people like that. Like psychology says that we like boundaries. So there's no, there's no messing around. There's no, you know where you stand. You know that this is the rules. If you come to me, um, you know, and, and people are like that, right, great. Because then they, 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 they're comfortable with that. We actually do like being told what to do. Um, so I, I and what I used to do was I would take the person's email and I would send them my terms and conditions, which included quite a big par- couple of paragraphs about pricing. Um, you know, and it was saying that prices do go up. I have I have regular reviews, um, and it was saying you know the, the price is what it is. I I didn't take deposits at the time, so there was nothing to do with that. But I had a big bit about pricing, you know, um, and it was all about matting and and all that good stuff and how I would charge more. But it's sticking to that as well, you know, like have courage in your conviction. If that's what you're going to, if that's what you've said, then stick to it. But people will respect you so much more when you do that and and why bloody not you've just you've, you're you, again you are providing a service that not you're everyone can do yeah. do you know what I mean it's not like everyone could just walk into it and do it you know like I don't I mean I can't even think of a job I don't know like a cleaner I mean I don't know anyone could go and I guess yeah, I couldn't walk but, in because like you know, I'm terrible. Walk in and yeah we a dog because we I mean I don't even, I I wouldn't have a clean Frank would look horrendous if he actually had like a fluffy coat yeah. you know, or dog trainers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You don't know what you're doing. So why not charge for it? 
Charge for it. It's how, else it. how else is a person going to do it? They can't train a bloody dog. That's why they're coming to you in the first place. Exactly. And I even know. dog walkers, I like I when I was leaving corporate and I thought, oh, I want to work with dogs. Now look, I thought about dog walking. That scared the heebie-jeebies out of me because I thought, crikey, what if you lose a dog or they get hurt? Or you know, it's it's a huge responsibility. It's like childcare. Like so you know, like having loads of kids, loads of people's kids absolutely. on <laughs> Gosh, that would be my worst nightmare. Then now that would be carnage. Me with lots of kids. Holy moly! But yeah, it's just it's and it's so yeah. Charge definitely charge your worth. You will get you will get more clients, and you'll get like when I first started grooming, I was like, okay, I was slightly cheaper because I wanted to get clients. But then I thought, gosh, I'm having to do like five and six dogs a day. Where I thought, right, put your prices up. Nobody batted an eyelid. Mm. And then it meant I could do three or four grooms a day. So I was actually, you know, I was working less, but earning the same, if not more. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that's that's the dream. But it can be your reality if you change your mindset and yeah. start thinking that that is that can happen. Because whatever you focus on, whatever your your thoughts are, whatever your energy is, that is what you'll get back. So if you're looking at money and thinking, oh, gosh, and money scares you and it's so powerful and we give it all this, you know, like, you know, if it what like we, we just we it holds so much over us. But if we start changing that, even though it's not here in our reality and there's not, you know, a million pounds sitting under my sofa, but in my imagination, I've got, you know, I'm abundant. I've got lots of money here and it always comes back. The universe will always give you what you need if you believe and if you if you work with it, you know, by changing your thoughts, you will get that. And stop thinking that there's not enough clients for everybody. And I think that's, even with the whole VAT thing, you know, people are going, VAT, well, I can't go VAT registered because everyone will leave. No, they won't. They won't. They won't. I mean, you might get a few that will leave, but the next day they'll come back. And I know Helen's watching. Exactly. And Helen, exactly. had, Helen won't mind me saying, she had a bit of a meltdown with me about going VAT registered and, and losing clients. And I said, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Uh, and of course, a couple left and then another meltdown. And then literally two days later, it was like, oh, actually, I've just gained another six. And you're like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. again, it's that mentality that like you've hit a threshold. Be yeah. pretty proud that you've hit it and just smash yeah. it. Just carry on going. There was plenty out there. And like you yeah. say, it's about a, not worrying about how many clients you've got and setting those boundaries. I have a, I have a boundary now that if anyone sends me their um, self-assessments after December, like 1st of December, they get charged more. Yeah. Because I don't want to, A, I think people need to be a bit more organised and not leave it till January. And actually, mm-hmm. I want to have a break in December. In January, I don't want to be sitting doing endless amounts of tax returns. Sorry, someone's messaging me. Uh, endless amounts of tax returns in December and January. So I thought that's my boundary. And you know, if people don't like it, then they want to go somewhere else. Then so then be. So, yeah. You see, that was a, that was a big thing because see, see, by not setting boundaries, you're actually, and I didn't get this until 
you know, a, a good few months ago, you're actually in victim mode. And to be in victim mode, again, is coming from a lack because by not setting a boundary, you are putting like you're like how I would have been by not setting a boundary. And then somebody came and I would go, right, OK, then I'll let you walk all over me. I'll let you dictate. I'll let you decide. And, I'll, you know, and then it's almost like poor me. Look at what I've had to do. I've sacrificed myself for you. It's actually living in lack. So not to, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do it. It's not, it's not, it, we should just, it's not, it's not how we should, it's not what we're here for. I lived in a victim mentality. I didn't realize that for years and years and, you know, thinking poor me, I'll, you know, I've sacrificed all of this and you got what you wanted. Where actually I was like, you know, what a plonker living like that. All you had to say was, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I'm as important as anybody else. And now that I, I am like that, I am in such a, I'm a much happier person, which means when I'm happier, I get a lot more of what I want because the universe is like, all oh, right, you're happy. I'm going to give you more things to be happy about. Rather than when I was a victim, it was like, here's more crap. Here, take it. You can't like it. Do you yeah, know what it is? You'll attract happy people as well. Attract, absolutely. You attract who you are. So because I was in a victim mentality, but that was in every area of my life, it affected every area of my life. So def- boundaries is for me now is it's it's my right to set boundaries because I'm important. Yeah. And I'm, you know, we, we all deserve the best. I think as well, when you start in a business, I think people have that scared mindset like they must just take everybody I need yeah. everybody I'll have all the clients I'll take all their dogs even if they're horrendous yeah. even if they bite people shit on the floor whatever you know I'll just take them because it's money yeah. whereas actually you need to sit down and go well, what are my boundaries what am I willing to do what am I not and just stick to them you know I used to when I first started with this I would take calls on a Sunday on a Saturday 10 o'clock oh, at night fine. And I'd just be like, oh, da, 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 da. and then, you know, only like, I guess maybe in the last six months, maybe I've gone like, what am I doing? And then I just go, no. And I'd, you know, I'd see people ring me on like a Saturday night at seven o'clock. And I'd be like, no, no. Like, no I'm not answering it. Um, but, you know, that, again, that's my fault for not setting the boundaries at the beginning because I was doing it. So, you know, I guess you've just got, you've just got to stick to it and go, this is my boundaries. If that customer walks away, so be it. There will not be ideal. one. Yeah. yeah. And if they can walk away that easily, then they will walk away that easily at some point anyway. Exactly. You know, so if, if, if you know, it's like, um, you know, if if you've got somebody and they're, they're going to leave because a new groomer's opened and they're only charging 20 quid for a cockapoo. And if that person leaves, then they were not, they not for me, they were not my ideal client. No, you're, if you have picked your ideal client because you are thinking of who your ideal client is, you will attract them. You attract what you think. So, you know, your, your thoughts become things. So think of your ideal client and they will come to you. They'll, they'll feel your energy. They'll feel your vibration. You'll feel your feeling and you'll be able to charge whatever you want. You know, like Bob Proctor would say, like, you know, that the law of compensation is, I wrote, wrote them down. Where are they? 
Seriously, so the newbies need to put their big girl pants on. <laughs> they do, absolutely. But the law of compensation, Bob Proctor would say, is the need for what you do, well, there's a, a need. We've established that. There's definitely a need. The ability of for what you do. So if you offer an amazing service and you give people that, like if you want to charge high-end prices, give them a high-end service. And that's not to say, oh, you've got to be an amazing groomer, like, you know, show standard. It's just, what do you do? How do you treat their dogs? How do you treat them? Do you have, you know, a special club for them to be in? And then you can start charging high-end prices because I would pay that. I don't, like, I would pay high-end prices. (laughs) And then it's also the difficulty in replacing you. How difficult is it? for some for you to be replaced now yes there's hundreds of dog walkers and groomers etc but what about you what's your unique selling point what's your wow if you know if sue's closes down holy moly and I, I, not being like I'll, I'll sing my own praises here but i was the only holistic dog groomer in my area so when i closed there was a wee bit oh ho- holy shit now where do we go you know, and there was another groomer. She wasn't holistic. I think she was going down that road. And she got practically all my clients <laughs> because she was making herself unique and making herself stand out in the marketplace. And I think that was one thing I wish I had done earlier yeah. was, you know, stand out in the marketplace and, and be different. Don't follow the crowds. Do your own thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, like you say, that there is so many now of, of everything because I think... Yeah. We- the increasing amount of dogs since lockdown everyone's now decided they want to be a dog groomer a dog walker a dog border whatever yeah you've got, to, you've got to make yourself different you know and yeah. let's take myself as an example there are thousands of accountants out there mm-hmm. you know you could you've got probably about 15 in a town for god's sake you know and i want to do something different and now i'm pretty sure i mean i do look every now and again i am the only accountant in the uk that deals with pet businesses i'm sure that will change at some point but that is my unique selling point and i keep saying to my clients you know if you are oh but i'm like there's another five dog walkers popped up in the area well what makes you different to those other five yeah you've got to think what makes you different and if there's nothing that makes you different then you need to find something that makes you different yeah. Could that be your personality? Could that be the services that you offer? You know, yeah. it could be something really tiny, like, you know, for a dog room, it could be like a newsletter every month. Absolutely. You know, yeah. tips on how to brush a cockapoo or how yeah. to clean your own dog's nails. I'd be well up for that. There was a there was a client I was speaking to the other day in my masterclass, and she said, Oh, I'm gonna do like ebooks on yes. different topics. And I was like, I'd love that. I'm a crazy dog owner. And if someone said, oh, I'm going to give you a newsletter and tell you how to clip your own dog's nails, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it because I'd be scared. But I'd like to give it a go. And that yeah. would be something that if I got that from my dog groomer, like, oh, that's good. Absolutely. But dog groomer does that in the area. No one takes yeah. time to have dog of the month or whatever. Absolutely. You know, everyone, everyone started putting the little bow ties on, which was yeah. a thing. But now everybody does it. I used to do a newsletter I used to send it and I used to do it quarterly but I loved doing it and my clients loved it and I just used to send it by email or I'd keep some in the in the salon and and you know people would take them away and it was a great it was I used to have loads of stuff in there 
Um, and it was so simple to do once you, you, you know, you got yeah. your head around it. It was dead simple to do. Um, and then I think it was like, you can get, you can do all sorts of things. You could have, you know, VIP customers and put them in a Facebook group. And like you say, do demos or, you know, like, you know, it's tech season. Here's a few things to watch out for. And, you know, you can do, you can do so many things. And then you and, charge more. And you charge, yeah. You want to be in this, it's a tenner a month. You know, and just uh, just put them all in a Facebook group, and and nurture it. Um, you know, every couple of days. Um, you know, and and these people are they feel special. They mm. feel you know you're giving them something, and people are bonkers about their dogs. Let's face it. You know, they, I'd love it if my groomer said, "Oh, here's a Polaroid picture of Frank with his little bow tie on, and he's won best." Sausage dog of the week. I don't know. Yeah, I'd yeah, be on the moon because I'm a freak yeah. about my dog. It yeah. it takes them what two seconds to do it, but then I'd be like, ooh. And what do they do? Straight on social media. Look what my dog groomers done. Look what they, my dog walker. Exactly. Exactly. You know, my dog walker's given me a certificate for Frank for being the the best behaved dog out the group on Saturday. Yeah. You know that certificate takes you two minutes to design on Canva. Print yeah. out the bit called Bosch that gets taken a picture of straight on social media, free advertising, and then someone absolutely. goes, Absolutely, oh, Walker doesn't do that. Why don't we? No, exactly. He's up yeah. there. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, he's just a wee. I used to in the summer I used to make ice cream for the dog so everybody used to get like a wee carton like I mean it was a small carton of ice cream to take away for the dogs and I would just say all it is is like it was um, fresh natural yogurt and I would just blend it with some berries um, so I'd be and you know so it was, it was things like that um, I used to do and then I used to give away oh there he is there he is oh, he's, he's falling over oh look That's at you oh I know kisses thank you oh thank you he's, oh. he's, he's like I used to give away wee spritzers right. of cologne like I used to make my own cologne for dogs and it was just water with some essential oils in it and I used to get little spray bottles from Amazon sitting on your shoulders like no guys put his butt on the telly yeah um and I used to give that away to people as well because I you know and the people used to bring them back and I'd fill them up for them so instead of bows and things it's just been different it's just trying to think out the box isn't it exactly exactly and just I I like how he just puts his ass on my shoulder he's got a thing about ears I don't know what it is um but yeah you know it's just people just need to snap out of it and start charging for what they're worth change their mindset you know what if a customer doesn't want me that's fine because there'll be another customer right behind them that'll pay the price and there's plenty out there i'm going to make plenty of money and let's just go yeah let's just do it yeah absolutely think what you want think about what you want like you know and and like write about it or think about it think about what you want and the more time the more energy the more feeling you give that it will come. That's what you'll get. Where if we're I sitting, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't, what about them? What about that? That's what you'll get. I did it. This house that I've wanted, I've been house hunting and I've seen this house. For, it's been on the market for months. I was like, oh my God, I want that house. And I kept picturing myself and I was like, I could see myself sat at that yeah. kitchen every day with a glass of wine or a coffee, whatever, no alcohol today. Um, 
and I just kept thinking that when I saw it in the flesh, I was like, oh my God. And then I couldn't get a mortgage. And I was like, oh God, I need, I can, and it was frustrating. So I was like, I can see myself in that house, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. Cause I was like, I can't get a mortgage because of my account situation. And it was just all stressful. I was on the mm-hmm. phone to Laura and I was like, Laura, you need to get me this mortgage. Like, come on. I can, and I just kept thinking about that house journaled about it every day I mean I write in a journal anyway and I just kept saying this bloody house 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 and then I put an offer in like 25 grand underneath the asking price I thought I'll just you know I'll give it I'll just try and they tried to up me and I was like no I was like that that's my offer and um they came back and accepted it but I still didn't have a mortgage so I was like oh I was like blagging it and they're like oh have you got a mortgage in principle I was like yes <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't. I was just like, shit, I need to, find, I'm going to get more. So I rang Laura, I was like, please, you need to help me. And I bless her heart. And that's why I put, you know, on the group uh, yesterday, she she really tried and we finally got one. And I was like, yes, <laughs> literally by the skin of my teeth. Um, so yeah, so now I've got the mortgage and they said yes to the house. So I was like, happy days. But to see what you've done there, right? You made the commitment. You said, I'm having that house. And you, you you went with it. You trusted. You thought, you know, I'm going for it. And then you got, you see how, see how it all came about. It's having yeah. that trust that you just thought, bugger it, I'm going to do this. I'm doing it. And that that is it. Yeah. And you will always be supported by the universe. The universe is never, it doesn't give you bad shit. You give yourself the bad stuff, but the universe never ever gives you that. That's that's brilliant. I love that story. You know, it's it was a ridiculously high interest rate, and I just thought, sod it. I don't I'm care. doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah. My mum was like, "Are you sure? Are you sure?" And I thought, yeah, "Oh, it's fine. What's the worst yeah, that can happen?" <laughs> so yeah, fingers crossed, it actually goes through. But uh, well, of course, but it was just having that. Do you know what? And I just said yes. I thought I'm going to put an offer in. My mum was like, "You don't have a mortgage." I was like, "It'll be fine." <laughs> We should be living like that. I'm just waiting for my mortgage advisor to send me it. I, I think they're on holiday. Or <laughs> <For> six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in brackets, just trying to find the money. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, don't panic, we'll be fine. Susan release, said that's the universe. So what's I'll what release do. some of my friends from the closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't just for the record. I don't have yeah, yeah. time. No, 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 I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> this is not that kind of chat. No. <laughs> but yes, brilliant. We've actually stayed on longer than before. I know. We can't help it. We just chat forever. Um, yeah, but yeah. thank you for for giving up your time. You're welcome. Um, for doing it because I know it'll be very helpful for people. Um, if you just very quickly want to tell people um your group name and stuff in case they want to follow you more or do a bit more absolutely Um, so i've got my group is called the manifesting hub um and i'm in there doing challenges i'm in there most days saying something i started blogging because i love writing i love writing so i've started blogging uh, but i've been calling it my rants and it's not a bad thing it's just once i get started as you can tell i just can't stop so um there's always lots of things in there and I'm always adding and what have you. So yeah, be delighted for anybody who wants to come over and learn a little bit more about your mind and how we can attract exactly what we want. Fab. And um, I'll get you to put a link in the in the group as well. Excellent. Okay. If anyone forgets it. Yes. Right. 
Well, I hope everyone found that useful. Um, as always, very nice to have you on here. Uh, we always have a giggle. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's always so chill. This time I didn't have to hold the laptop for an hour. <laughs> in midair, trying to like get signal. Uh, Frank's gone back to bed. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Uh, have a brilliant weekend, everybody. And I will... Oh, I am on holiday now until the 11th of June. Um, I'll still be floating around the group, um, but as far as anything else is concerned, I will not be going on HMRC's website for at least two weeks. Um, so if you need me, uh, you can drop me an email. Uh, Lee's email is... You'll get an email back with Lee if there's anything urgent and he will answer it. Ha ha. So I've lumbered him with that. But yes, thank you everyone. I hope you have a brilliant weekend. Thanks, Susan, and Joe your weekend. And uh, hope next week goes all right. Yes, be good. You <laughs> too. Have a great holiday. Thank you. See you all later. See you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.